Hello and welcome along to Full Kit Banter once again, um, the place where we talk about all the wonderful and not so wonderful things about the Premier League. We are back to being a threesome this week. Uh, we're joined again by myself, Pascal, Yushan and BK who returns after a one-week hiatus. And the three of us are pretty much going to talk about the complete madness that went on this weekend in the Premier League, both in terms of results and the manner of which the, the upsets happened. Um, I want to throw it to Yushan first. What do you think was the most shocking result of the weekend? Uh, okay, remember that... That was kind of like a did... hypothetical question. <laughs> yeah, there were too many. We could yeah. say the West Brom 3-3 result. Mm. Uh, yeah, we did say that City would walk all over Leicester and that didn't happen. I think yeah, the yeah, biggest shock result we, yeah the biggest shock result has to be the one where West Ham ex- absolutely trash Wolves for new. I didn't expect this at all. Uh yeah, it seems that everything that we slate just decides to turn up and uh prove us wrong. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much like a well-known thing that whichever team that we slate or whatever player that we slate turns up and performs in the next week. It's just famous last words, man. Like, I- I'm making a promise to myself. I'm not going to make any predictions this week. So, I'm taking, <laughs> taking a break from predictions. Yeah, we, um, we're going to have to put a disclaimer out there and say that any predictions that we make... Eh, yeah, we're not liable for any yeah, losses. Yeah, we're not liable. Yeah. Uh, BK, uh, what, what about you? What, what do you think was the biggest result or shock? Man, I missed last week. And then I was listening to you guys like talk about it and then like like what Sasha was saying, like <laughs> just looking at all the results. Man, I, I think Man City was the biggest one. Like yeah. I still can give like uh Chelsea some leeway of, of of such. I mean they did come back with a draw, so to be fair. But Man City man oh five two. Do the penalties take anything away from that result? But the penalties oh, three penalties though, like and they weren't like the the shitty penalties at the end of the day. It's it's just poor defending. Yeah, it wasn't it. The penalties awarded it wasn't such a it wasn't a really great area decision. It was truly black and white. There were three stone wall mm. penalties. Uh, you, you might say yeah. like some dives here and there, but like whatever lah. I mean like it's not like the the handball kind or like it was like literally the guy fell in the box. I think you're being really kind, BK. I think that was just shocking, <laughs> shocking defending from the that Man City backline. Uh, I mean, that kind of leads us nicely into what's on the agenda for today. We're pretty much gonna like talk about where VAR stands right now, what it all means, what the handball rule is all about now. A lot to talk about with Man City, who just bought um. Ruben Diaz from from Benfica is he the solution? Um, I seem to remember another highly rated defender from Benfica signing with Man United. So, <laughs> um, and also, yeah, there's lots to talk about today. So, very quickly, but we, let's jump into some of the 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 more bizarre decisions this weekend because of of VR and because of just referees not quite understanding or this new handball rule, rule in place what do you think about all this you should well 
I think we can start off with the Brighton and United match. Uh, okay, what happened? Was, okay, the controversial air quote decision was the awarding of a penalty to Bruno Fernandes in the 100th minute of the match. So what people were unhappy about was the yeah the referee actually blew the whistle, which actually which signals the end of the game. And then VAR reviewed a handball decision by Neil Morpite. And it he was guilty of the handball. And the referee actually gave the penalty. It was a really stupid decision on his part. He had a fantastic game, but yeah, that was just... Yeah, the audacity bone, of... Bone, the bone the audacity to do that. That Paneka Celebration. And the crying celebration. That is, he gets a shithousery award for that. But at the end of the day, big L for him. Um... What about you, BK? Do you watch that? Do you watch the match? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, I did. Yeah, yeah. I was watching my dad. And, like, I was there also when, like, I was like, 2 2. I was like, yeah, that's what I totally called for. And then the penalty. And then. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were good. yeah dude, I remember I that. I was like, oh, my God. Please freaking miss that. I was like, but it's like Bruno Fernandez and, like, was it 16.16 his penalties? It's something ridiculous like that. Like, I mean. There's a lot of memes about Penendez, but uh, I mean penalties. You still have to put them in the back of the net, and he is the best in the league right now. And like alongside my my boy James Milner. Um, but I mean I don't want to rag on United too much, but they have problems, man. We we talked about that's probably the only thing we got right last weekend or last week. Two weeks they just in a row. look so yeah, they look disjointed, man. Like and Brighton really should have been out of sight. Um. I think the yeah. yeah, I think the awarding of the penalty kind of overshadows okay. Imagine if Brighton didn't concede uh the penalty so late in the game. More emphasis will be on United's poor performance throughout the match. What do you think? Like I I watched the entire game and United were really lucky to firstly get the equalizer at one one and Secondly, okay, the Rashford goal was really good, I must admit. Oh yeah, that was class. That that and that's exactly what um I think it was Owen Hargreaves he was talking during the halftime show. He said Brighton are gonna rule not taking these chances because United do have players who can turn a game on its head and that's exactly what Rashford did. Yeah, we did say that even though United are not playing well, their front tree can hurt anyone on the break. And with Brighton's high line, this was pretty evident throughout the match. There were a few cases where United broke and I thought, alright, that's it, they're going to get the goal. And sure enough, it did happen in the form of uh, uh, Marcus Rashford, who just set three Brighton defenders before blasting it past Matt Ryan in goal. And I had to applaud him for that. But, yeah, be saying that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, saying that, Trossard had three chances and... Well, I must say that the Man United goalpost did save the day. Hazard, Hazard, Hazard 2.0, right? <laughs> yeah, man. And, and it wasn't just Trossard. Solly much on the left-hand side. He was so open and he mm. he just couldn't finish his dinner until the equaliser for 2-2. And uh, I know that you did put Luke Shaw on fraud watch last week, but I think you gave it to the wrong... Yeah, it was Wan Bissaka was poor. Like he was shambolic. I I don't know what was on his mind. Like was he overcompensating because he knew 
Maguire and Lindelof. It's almost like he didn't trust his centre-backs to do their job. He was drifting so central, even though... It's all, I can't understand it. Like like you said, March was... If he had better finishing, would it, they would have been out of sight. Yeah, it's just... I don't know what to yeah. put it down to. Naivety or Brighton, just a lack of trust. Brighton could have scored five goals. Yeah, honestly yeah. Honestly speaking. It's, it's just that uh, March was so poor in his finishing. I couldn't believe yeah. how much space he had on the left-hand side. And uh, coming back to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, yeah, he was drifting pretty much centrally, but you have to, you know, empathize with him because whenever he looks at the back, he sees Maguire and Lindelof defending. So that kind of sums up his confidence in them. Yeah, got um, Yeah, all all is not well in that camp, but we're not, we're not going to spend another 30 minutes slagging United. Yeah. But... Just to cap off that match, both of you guys agree that the the last minute penalty was the right decision, correct? Yep, it was. Yep. I mean, it would have been more controversial if the penalty, if okay, if the handball incident happened after the referee blew the whistle. Uh, because the law of football states that, uh, the law of VAR, sorry, states that if the incident happened before the referee's final whistle, it still counts. Yep. But there's this even though the referees have been all over the place, there's no way in hell anyone gives a penalty or blows the whistle for an incident that happens after the full time whistle. The guy will get crucified. Like that's even worse than, you know, the the goal crossing the line and then it not registering uh, with the goal line technology. Are you referring to the uh, Aston Villa Sheffield United? Yeah, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um so, okay, we're in agreement that it was the right call. A bizarre one, but the right one, ultimately. BK, what, what, do you, what do you think about the other big call that happened at um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with, with Andy Carroll and... Uh, was it, Eric, it was Eric Dyer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for the, for the new rule, like, they said, like, any contact with the hand, right? That, that is the new rule, right? If I got it right. I be- yeah, I, I believe that that's correct. Then... Then it's not right. I, I I saw I saw the highlights and I saw that thing. I was like, it's not wrong. Like technically, there is the rule, but like that's why I think like a lot of managers were unhappy about it. I think as well this happened with the Crystal Palace Everton match. Hmm. Yeah. The same. The same shit. Like basically, like uh, I forgot who was the one that uh uh Crystal Palace who touched the ball and then basically I think Ward. I think Ward yeah, was like, Joe Joe Ward. Yeah, I think he was the one who touched the ball or something. But still, it's like... I, I think we, you guys were discussing on this last week or yeah, we mean, were talking goes, about this often. It goes even further back to the... Was it the Spurs and... Oh, it's always Spurs, I noticed. Uh, the Spurs <laughs> and Southampton game where yeah. the attacker kicked the ball to Doherty's left leg and it bounced up and hit uh, his hand and the referee actually awarded a penalty and I couldn't believe that... That we this, were rigging the alarm yeah. bells last week already. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I foresaw that. that. And uh, it's it's just yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, it's just a yeah, where where did, does common sense yeah, come yeah. into play now? We did say that it's a new FIFA rule where they're trying to eradicate all the case by case basis and they're trying to standardize all the handball rules. But you you can see from the faces of the referees that they are not happy to award those decisions because. If you were able to review it properly in the on the pitch side monitor, you would definitely not have awarded it a handball. And it's more of like a ball to hand 
decision. Yeah, they are. So it's but the puzzling the puzzling thing is that it's not like they're not reviewing these decisions. They are still going to check the replays and they're giving it anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. They're, they're not trying to yeah, they're not trying to muddle the water. It's just they're just trying to make it black and white. So it's yeah. either a handball or it's not a handball. Yeah. And literally if it touched the hand, the rule the rule is if you if it touches your hand, so it's like yeah, they're removing ball to hand basically. Okay. Everyone knows that I'm not the biggest fan of Tottenham Hotspur, but how was that a handball by Eric Dyer? So what happened was, yeah, what happened was, uh, both uh, Andy Carroll and Eric Dyer challenged for the ball aerially, and Dyer's back was turned to goal, and Andy Carroll just headed it, and it hit Dyer's arm, and it was given as a penalty because Eric Dyer, Eric Dyer's arm was deemed to be in an unnatural position. But anyone who played a sport or football in that manner knows that when you jump to challenge for the ball, your hand would naturally be in that area. So I didn't really understand why it was given as a handball. And Eric I mean, Dyer you know, couldn't you know do anything about it. Exactly. You know it's bad when even Steve Bruce was he was he was saying like I should be happy that my team snatched the last minute draw at you know, away to Tottenham, but he was just so pissed off with the decision because you know it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Like, sure, Newcastle get a lucky break today, but down the line, you know, they could get screwed over twice because of this. So they need to they need to sort it out. It, it, I mean, if we're just lucky it didn't happen to any of our teams, yeah, you can imagine we, how pissed we would be if, if it happened to either Liverpool, Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah, dude, I was like yeah. expecting like the Liverpool Arsenal to have like one of these like shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, really? No penalties it's at like, all? Nope. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, not, I mean, it's not just players and coaches. I mean, us as the fans, we're going to feel extremely frustrated to watch this. And uh, if the Premier League doesn't review this handball rule anytime soon, I could see them actually losing a portion of their fans because... People are just, they wouldn't feel right, like, okay, even if my team were to benefit from decisions such as this, it would be extremely frustrating because, you know, it's like everyone loses, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it takes um, away the gloss of actually uh, winning a game, honestly. That actually brings up a good point. You mentioned, like, it, the Premier League is going to lose fans and this is actually something I thought about. What about other leagues? Because... It's not like the Premier League is the only league using VAR or, you know, changing their rules, so to speak. Like, La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga all use VAR, but you don't see nearly as many complaints coming out of there. So, what, what do you think this come, boils down to? I mean, is this new handball rule just strictly for the English Premier League, or does it affect everyone? I mean, it should affect every league, right? Because it's a new rule. But it, the thing is... The, um, I, it might be it might be implemented in other leagues, but the one make, the one where it's making the most noise is definitely the Premier League. But even then, it's not just the handballs. It's 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 VAR in general. Like it's been a it's been a season, and three games, and Premier League referees still don't look like they've come to grips with VAR. Yeah, actually, I actually I really think like VAR is quite beneficial. It's just like the referees. I do too. I I really want it to work. Last season, the referees didn't use it when they had it, and then I remember a lot of teams were like complaining like you have VAR and like why aren't you using VAR properly? 
Okay, what like... really what really grabbed me last season was that the offside decisions where I felt that I was having an an online geometry lesson because I kept seeing lines being drawn on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and what happened was they were entrusting all the offside decisions on to someone in another room who is not even on the field. And I was wondering why the referees did not use the pitch side monitors when it was evidently a very beneficial, especially in the, the last World Cup, where we saw lots of referees yeah. actually going to the pitch side to ascertain yeah. whether it was a foul or whether it was a penalty or a red card decision. And I'm actually quite glad that referees are doing that this season, but it's kind of like a one step forward, one step back thing with this new handball decision. So it's like, there's always something new happening each season that kind of throws us off in terms of uh, refereeing decisions. Exactly. And it's it's just like going back to last week, for every bad decision, you have good decisions where you have the Bizuma, you know, switching music, it gets overturned to a red card. Mm-hmm. You have the Christensen foul, which without VAR would have been a yellow card. Um, so... It, it, I mean, I think everyone hopes it's a step in the right direction, but right now they, they have they have issues to fix, man. And until then, it's just it feels like a bizarre bizarro time in football because we don't have fans, and <laughs> now it is getting like handballs galore. So it, it's it's a lot of changes going on at once, and I think that might yeah, who knows? Maybe it's the crowd, yeah, the crowd factor that's affecting that referees as well. The referees are actually quite reluctant to give these uh, handball decisions, but it's the new rule, and they're kind of afraid that if they don't, it will possibly hinder them in the sense that oh, they're not gonna ref- the the FA is gonna review their performances, and they're not gonna be able to ref to referee as many matches because if they didn't really follow the rules. Yeah, that's that's my current uh, theory on why the referees have to give this strange and uh, pretty grey area handball decisions. Right, and uh, just to cap off this handball discussion, um, do you think it's really favouring attacking players? Because, I mean, it seems like you can't win if you're a defender, like even... Uh, I, you I'm can't win. To think you can't win if you have arms and you defend in the penalty box. So, what attackers need to do is just aim the ball to your the upper level mm. of your body, and you know you might consider penalty. Oh yeah, a little, yeah, a little fun. Not, uh, yeah, sorry, a little fun stat for you. There have been uh, twenty penalties in three game weeks so far, and if this if this trend continues, there will have been. Uh, Two hundred and thirty-six penalties that have been awarded, bro. And out of th- out of those two hundred and twenty-six, it's gonna be like hundred and fifty for United, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's just yeah. so guys. Just, just, just a joke, top guys. Goal just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Golden boot for uh, penalties. Yeah, like and they need to figure out when a phase of play, be like that. You, you, I've heard this term like thrown around a lot, like phase of play. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard of it as well. I'm just like, where does it begin and where does it end? Because a lot of times VAR is only brought up if it's in the immediate build-up to a goal. But let's say you get um, a decision, you get the wrong decision that happened a minute ago and it could have been for something insignificant like a throw-in. But if that phase of possession leads to a goal, does, does that make sense? 
yeah, this shows that VAR is not 100% assisted by like technology. It's everything is still based on someone's perspective behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah, until we get this 100% digitalized, there's bound to be some human errors in VAR. Yeah, I think the whole VAR debate is. I mean, it's, it's something that fascinates me all the time. You know, it's like sacrificing um, preciseness and like the legitimacy in the sport versus emotion. I, I think it's a, it's a very fascinating debate. But before we get too stuck in on VAR, I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about in the coming weeks. I wanted us to kind of dig in a little bit into like what BK mentioned earlier, the, the kind of only game of the weekend without any controversy. Um, I mean, first, first uh, starting off, I know the game was at a ridiculous time for 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 everyone here. So, just to preface, you guys both only like caught highlights. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, it was kind of what we. This was probably the only prediction we got right, um, which was Liverpool to dominate and ultimately win comfortably. But there were many times where it wasn't as comfortable as it would have liked. Uh, for example, if Lacazette was a bit more clinical, you guys could have easily drawn level and, and I think at two two, Liverpool would have struggled to get a third goal because just just because of the way Arteta set his Arsenal team up. Um yeah, Sadio Mane, I know I know uh Yushin is raving about Mane and uh, we had a little side bet going on last weekend, fortunately. Uh before before money could be <laughs> could be handed over. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, Mane, Mane looked incredible, just as he did against Chelsea. Yeah, just, just a couple, couple of thoughts from the both of you about about Mane. I, 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 I saw the, I think the extended highlights, and I was like looking at his positioning, and I think like what you should mentioned, like he's gonna get goals, and I saw his positioning, like even just for both of the goals, I think, uh, his, yeah, the first two goals, right? He was open, yeah. like might be the last one two split seconds or like. However, but he was open. Like, Bellerin didn't mark him well for the first one, like towards the goal. But like, once it, once he had space to like finish it, you know, he, he was there. Like, what Isha mentioned, he's gonna get those go those kind of like tap ins and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it it's his game. And then even mm-hmm. the second goal, I think, or maybe it was like one of the I, I can't remember. But he he jumped for the header and I was he like he man- he managed to he managed to overload the the box and let Robertson kind of he, he left Robertson free at yeah, the yeah, back yeah, post yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and then I was like and Mane is not the tallest of players as we know and like he could almost went in for the header and like somehow uh, I I guess it was still high for him and Robertson went in and still Arsenal's defense still had that blank there yeah I I did say last episode that. This run of fixtures that Liverpool have suit Mane's way of playing, and it was pretty evident because uh, in the Leeds match you could see that Salah took Salah took all the plaudits for the match because he was given he was the one that was given license to roam forward while Mane tracked back a little bit, and in the Chelsea and the subsequent uh, game against Arsenal you could see that Mane was the one roaming forward while Salah they kind of switch roles for the. Uh, Echoed more difficult games against the top six and teams that like to sit back. So yeah, yeah, yeah and you can see that. It, what fascinates me about Mane is his all-round gameplay. I feel that he is 
a much more complete player when you compare him to Salah. His movement off the ball, his his tracking back, his finishing though, I, I believe he's light years ahead of Salah. If that's not a if that's not much so much of a hot take from you. As in it you you can see that in in the tougher games, money really steps up. Whereas Salah plays a bit part role, but I expect these the roles to be reversed when they play the so called smaller teams. That's where Salah really shines as a flag track bully while Mane returns back mm. and plays a supporting role. Yeah. I think for, for for many teams it's almost like a pick your poison because it's so hard to keep this Liverpool team kind of packed back for 90 minutes because it's almost like you need to put all your resources to, to, to take care of Firmino and Mane and then you have Salah free. Yeah. And if you switch it around, you have the other one free. So it's 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 really like a pick your poison. Yeah, you, you can see that Liverpool have so many different avenues for goals. For Mane, you have the aerial ability and clever movement whereas Salah, you have the high volume of shots and as a striker the more shots you get one of them is bound to go in right yeah a- a- absolutely and I mean I'm sure a lot of people have heard about the the little spat between Klopp and Roy Keane uh, Klopp looked like he was ready to throw hands um, well I don't agree with like I mean Keane was probably taken out of context by saying it was sloppy but I mean, there were there were transitions. Yeah, he did say the game. He did say parts of Liverpool's play yeah. was sloppy. He didn't yeah, say I that think, the I think entire Klopp, performance was sloppy. <laughs> I think Klopp just was a, like Klopp's a salty guy. He was a little bit. Guy. He was a little bit upset. Yeah, he's a very overprotective like papa. Yeah, I think um, I think it was just defensive for his players like. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, if he really did hear it the way he 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 said he did, then he would have every right to question I guess the pundit I think pundits need to be held to more resp- uh, yeah I need to be held accountable sometimes but anyway um, there, there, were f- there were there were transitions in play where I thought Liverpool's high line is going to get them in trouble like it was almost it was exposed kind of partially by Leeds we're lucky that we, we got the win there so no one's really talking about it but like I said if Lacazette was a bit more, a bit more clinical um we would have found ourselves in a spot of bother a couple more times. But that being said, the the first goal that you guys scored was... Oh, the, what, what was the whole is, like space in the... Was it right back or was it left back? Like, there was just a blank. Uh, right, you're right back. Um, I, I mean, I know it I'm was I'm not really sure. I, I think... I think ro- no, it, it was it wasn't like that quick. Robertson just mis mis miscontrolled it and it bounced nicely yeah, to Lacazette. Yeah, yeah. And Allison was already on his way down, so it was almost like you saw the whole thing go in slow motion. Yeah, very yeah. agonizing yeah, to yeah. watch. Um, yeah, but overall, good performance, especially during a time where all our rivals kind of like faltered. Um, I think that really lays down a marker. And it, I mean, people have short memories. Like, I mean, myself included. I said Liverpool were probably gonna get third, and it's hard to it's hard to look at at Liverpool finishing outside the top two let alone not retain after like the first three performances I I just like uh, I, I kind of like agree with you but I just want to add on to, to this like uh, I think this is kind of like probably going into the next topic but I'm just going to touch on it briefly yeah, it, go it, for it, it comes off like 
I think this is the first big challenge that Arteta have ever since like winning all the stuff and to the start of the season. Like I think it brings the hopeful Arsenal fans at least uh back to reality a bit. Like getting on the whole Arteta train. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's a very valid point. And coming from like a Liverpool fan who has really enjoyed our fixtures against you guys at Anfield. Like, you guys always just seem to crumble, not just at Anfield, but in big games. Arsenal just, you know, they've, they've been known as this team that has a soft centre for a while now, even under Arsene Wenger. Yeah. But I didn't see that on Tuesday. Sure, there was a difference in class, you know. The, the quality difference was very apparent to see. Yeah, so... The, but... I think there were some reports going on saying that, like, he's been building... Uh, the whole uh, team team from the back like it's not about like the tactics and all that it's more about like the whole cr- uh, character of the squad he wants to like develop that first which was what he was doing like yeah. last season which, which I yeah, think is great because yeah, it yeah. shows it shows a lot more like even this 3-1 defeat I think can still see everyone's like pretty gelled together and stuff like that but I'll- yeah I mean you guys are very much in the game up until like the eighty second minute, so yeah, I th- that that's much better than 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 anything we've seen before in, in recent memory. I was just a bit pissed off with like the Jota's goal though. I have to say, and Jota <laughs> opening debut goal though. Yeah, yeah, I was really impressed with him. Um, he he looked hung. Uh, the, I mean, if he didn't score or if Arsenal had scored, people would be questioning why Mane got taken off. Mm, yeah, but. Opening signs of, of Jota are very promising. He he looked hungry. You know, he, he probably could have got at least two goals. Um a bit a bit overzealous and Salah was a bit selfish at one point. Um but I'm 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 delighted for him, you know, getting a goal is gonna do a, a, a world of confi- a world of good for his confidence. Yeah, just to um, touch the point yeah. on the one where BK brought up where it where you said that Arsenal fans were bring brought, brought back to reality. Yeah. Almost William, William. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Was he even yeah, in the game? <laughs> w- w- William, William had one of those games, and according to you, he has one of those games plenty of times. Yeah. He, um. Yeah. I think I think of, Arsenal yeah, fans. He kind of goes in uh, phases where he has one good game and then four absolutely anonymous ones. He was he was at fault for either the first goal or the second goal. Might have been the first goal where he he didn't track money for the tap in, but yeah, he just looked off the pace. Like, um, I think the main issue, for all the good things I've said about Arsenal, the main issue was that they were perhaps a bit too negative. I I don't think Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Williams slash Pepe touched the ball more than three times in the second half. It, it was yeah, it was, and it wasn't entirely down to a lack of service. I think. Arteta was just a bit too conservative, but at two one down, you you kind of have to run that risk at Anfield. You know, you can't get blown out before the last ten minutes of the game. So I can understand why he did that. But if I was an Arsenal fan, that would be my main gripe. But you can't have it all. You can't have the building up the defense and then you you're moaning about why we're not threatening on the the counter attack. Yeah, like yeah, win some, uh, lose yeah. some. One more incident that I would like to bring out, which. Mm. A lot of Arsenal fans seem to be complaining about was the alleged money elbow. On oh, ah. I mean, on, uh, was it? 
I mean, who was Modric? Yeah, yeah, it was like in the the seventh minute or something. It, it was, was on Tierney, right? Yeah, yeah, it was on Tierney. Um, I mean, it they can moan all they want, but the the fact that the Arsenal players and Tierney weren't, you know, they they they, they were fine with the yellow card. They weren't calling for money. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. with VAR. I mean, even trying to be as impartial as possible as possible, that wasn't a red card, lah. It would have been it would have been harsh on Mane, and I'm glad in that case. You know, VAR wasn't, or VAR was kind of used. Mm, yeah. In the right way. That's the thing about VAR. On another day, and on another occasion, it could have been a red card, if it was another video assistant referee, in the room. So this okay. If back. if you were the referee, would you have given a red card? Honestly, uh, uh, that, that's a bit hard to say because I like yeah. because I I'm I'm very biased towards money. Yeah, I I feel I'm biased. <laughs> take the money. take the bias away. Take the bias. I feel away. I'm biased to money as well because he's like the good guy that everyone likes. <laughs> okay, I don't think money meant to elbow Tierney, but. He kind of expected Tierney to be a lot closer to him to the point where his elbow would meet Tierney's chest. But it didn't happen that way and his elbow kind of connected to Tierney's face. I mean, it wasn't intentional. You could tell that he was trying to so shoot Tierney, the So Tierney had butted his elbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah, but, but like I said, yeah, on yeah. another day, it, it could have been yeah. a red card. I agree. Yeah. I'm just lucky that uh, it wasn't... <laughs> That wasn't the day. The, the, it's yeah, gonna, the, there's there's gonna be a time where everything like like how uh Chelsea when Chelsea played against us, there's gonna be a match where everything just goes wrong for us and hopefully I'm mentally prepared for that match. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I know how we were kind of predicting Liverpool to not do well this season, but look at it, it's been three games and City are already six points behind Liverpool. And it's only Everton and Leicester that have the perfect records, right? Leicester. Yes, and to be fair, we did make all these predictions before Thiago yeah, and Jota yeah, came yeah. in. Um, yeah, I still think City are going to be up there, but they need... I guess Leicester just magnified the problems that that club has. You know, it's a super club, it's a great club, but... They are lacking players at the moment through injury, and yeah, they're they're suffering because of it. But I still think they they'll come good. It's the most politically correct answer I can think of. <laughs> Can't be the guy who says title ra- title race over after three games. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, it's so, okay. We talked about Ateta. Uh, we were discussing this before we 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 started recording, and I guess what we want to do is. Put Arteta, Solskjaer and Lampard together under the microscope and I guess the question in this case would be who's impressed the most with kind of the resources they have as well as after three games and after everything that's happened to each respective manager who is under the most pressure? Okay, uh, uh, you don't mind if I lead on. I'm yeah. going to represent Frank Lampard since I'm a Chelsea fan. <laughs> and I would say that the most pressure would be on Lampard because he actually has been back this transfer season with the players that he wants. But, okay, uh, to play devil's advocate for him, he hasn't 
like Pulisic and Ziyech, they have not been fit for the past three games. And I don't think you can judge Chelsea's mixed results on that. Yeah, just but surely, sure, like, like, what? hold that thought. We were talking about this last week. I, I said anything but a convincing result against West Brom. Okay. And yeah, yeah. I, I know that West Brom actually. We, we have, we, we have to call that out. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, like I said, that any Chelsea's team that Chelsea's team lineup should have won against West Brom comfortably, but. All three goals that Chelsea had conceded in the first half were due to player errors, and you can't really fault the manager for that. The first error was the f- by Marcus Alonso. He actually hated it, hated the ball to the opposition player. I think it was, was Pereira. Was the first one the holder? The one from. Oh, oh it was. It wasn't. No, no, it was the second one. Thiago's was the second goal, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah okay. I, I know I give a lot of uh, flag to my friends who have pledged allegiance to Liverpool. And I occasionally mention the Gerard slip now and every now and then, and <laughs> it, it's it's every. What do you mean every now and then? Like <laughs> all the time, I dude. On occasion, <laughs> and then it's sort of it's sort of karma when I saw Thiago Silva do the exact same thing, and it was a yeah. I I knew that it was karma coming back to bite me after that. Dude, uh, I was like, uh, when when I was looking at the highlights, I was like, it's the exact same spot and the same like. Slip the one touch that the ball just rose up too much, and then the strikers just around the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, like ah, oh. yeah. You know that smaller, yeah. smaller sticks though. <laughs> yeah, you know my friends are gonna clip that and send it to me whenever I mention the Gerard slip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third goal was poor marking again from Marcus Alonso. He didn't track his runner. Wasn't it Reese James? No, no, it was Alonso. Alonso didn't. Uh, Alonso didn't win the header when. It, it was easier for Alonso to win the header than for Reese James to yeah, keep him on yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I get, I guess, backing up your point, like I don't wanna, I'm not gonna just uh, this on Chelsea for the sake of it. Like all the mistakes, barring the the silver one, were of players that aren't gonna feature anymore. Um, and Silva, it's almost like a freak incident. Like he, we we know how good he is. Um, obviously, if it happens a couple more times, we can't use the excuse anymore. But actually, I, I, you know, you just got to put it down as like a freak, it's a, like yeah, a freak but, mistake. But, but you guys are analyzing the game like Chelsea actually lost it three 0 but Lampard actually ran the changes during halftime, and we managed to get a point from there. Yeah, kudos, kudos to that man. Like totally, I, I know Lampard wasn't happy with it. Still, I get what you mean. It, it. It should feel like a point gain, but it's so hard to to not see it as two points dropped. Okay, it reminded okay. me a lot of this okay, okay, okay. Arsenal. Okay, I don't, I, I don't want to sound I don't want to sound so defensive about it, but if you eradicate yeah, yeah, all yeah. three mistakes, okay, all three mistakes came from all three goals came from mistakes from defenders. If you eradicate all three, we have ran out. We have ran out three new comfortably. That's a stretch. Like you know, you and I both know that's a stretch. Like if we're not including mistakes, then you could just say that City beat Leicester two one. You know, like it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. I mean, okay, I I know I know that's a stretch, but yeah, I have to stand but up. But I get where you're coming from. I mean, I'm not I'm yeah, not saying get, that Lampard is faultless from. anyway. I'm I I was questioning the inclusion of Alonso in the lineup while Aspi was benched. Aspi came on right after that. Yeah, yeah, Aspi came on at halftime. And it's like solid. I mean, I have to give credit to West Brom. They could have set back 
to defend the lead, but they actually came out to play against us in the second half. So I, I think that was the only option. Like, I, do, I don't think West Brom know how to... It sounds easier said than done to just, you know, park the bus, but I don't think West Brom were, are capable of doing that. So, I mean, their best outlet was to pounce on any mistakes. Finish, finish line them up in a, with a back five. So, I think their main tactics were to sit back and to counter. But I was kind of surprised mm. on how attacking they were in the second half when they could have actually just set back, soak the pressure and hit us on the break. But they actually came out to play. So I, I think that's right. what really it us in the... I, I just only have like two things with like the whole Chelsea game. Like, mm-hmm. like one, I really like question whether Thiago Silva, you know, at his age, you know, he might be a beast and all that, but like at the end of the day, he's 36 and, you know, we might say that, some might say that he's been playing in the Farmers League or that is he really ready for the intensity and the pace of the Premier League. Boomer. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. harsh to judge him based on that. Yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, just like, this, this one. Yeah. Exactly, just curious to see. And the next thing I think I mentioned to you this offline, I was a bit surprised that he was given captain for, like, first game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised as well. I, I really think that, like, Chelsea's squad right now, like, they have some gelling issues more than anything. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't it, deny that. Yeah, I just think, like, I think they're alright, they just need some time, but, like, uh, there's obviously a lot of heat because they are given so, so much money to spend, but re- really, like, looking at the squad lineup, like, day in, day out, I, I really think, like, they just need some time to gel more than anything. Okay, all I can say is that you have to judge them fairly once the first international break is, is over and the gimmick fire commences, because that's where I, I think Chira will be fit. Mandy will be more or less uh, that, that part, adjusted. I'll, yeah, I'll, and would, Ziyech and Pulisic yeah. will be back as well. I would, like, think, like, I'll give you guys at least until, like, November or something to, like, see who Chelsea on. No, that, that's the thing. Uh, if, if the this, thing is, the, yeah, league, the league might be gone yeah, by November, exactly. dude. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I, I, I agree with your sentiment, like, the only reason why I'm being so harsh is because... It was against a very poor West Brom side, which, to be fair, I mean, I, I'm gonna give them a lot of credit. Like they, no one gave them a chance yeah. in hell. Um, I still think they are one of the worst three teams in the division. But I mean, with a performance like that, you always have a chance. And I think obviously you're gonna be disappointed letting a three goal lead slip. But yeah. it's a point. Uh, it's a point to Chelsea. You know, you gotta you gotta take the positives from that. Yeah. Um, but I know we touched on Arteta. Sorry, give your final like. On if Chelsea. you were to ask any fans of West Brom whether to take a one point against Chelsea, I'm sure they would have snapped your arm off. Yeah, but yep. it could have been three points. Uh, yeah, that, that's just the the ball is round. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the ball is round. No, no, but I, but, but uh, I, agree. I know where Sash come from. That. I mean, yeah, like with the way the season has been going so far has, is it really a surprise that uh, West Brom actually played Chelsea off the park in the first half not really right I mean now now, now in right? hindsight no but yeah I mean time will tell if these results of the past weekend are a blip or if they were just 
Yeah. This like, is why we are going to be very hesitant on giving uh, match predictions for this game week because <laughs> exactly like we're gonna th- we're gonna like lie low for yeah, a bit. Yeah, because nothing is normal. See how everything shakes up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Th- there are a lot of variances in this early stage of the season, so we can't really make good calls yet. So, so I mean that's on lumps, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. going <laughs> to. Speaking of like, why is he fighting? Why is he beefing with everybody? <laughs> First it was Klopp, then he, he decided to start a fight with Mourinho last night. What's going on? Why is he so? I, I, it's a I little bit they... of a, yeah, a little bit of a Mourinho influence. <laughs> I, I don't know. He, he's he's turning to a little edge lord <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, like and I remember you you know all those little YouTube um segments of uh teammates. You know, like they they used to have teammates for each club. Yeah, and Lampard like. I remember there was his episode and he just kept going on the fact that he's high, he has a super high IQ and he like knows uh, he took like he, or he got like four A's in his GCSEs so <laughs> maybe he does have that complex where he's the smartest guy Oh in the that uh, superiority complex? Maybe but he definitely strikes me as a guy who yeah he has a chip on his shoulder for sure he has strong belief in himself, which is the whole reason why he took the Chelsea job. Not many people would have, you know, made the leap like that. So fair play to him. But I don't know, man. I'll keep an I'll keep an eye on him, dude. He, he's, yeah, uh, he's gonna get he, into a couple more scraps. He's uh, low key on fraud watch, from episode two. <laughs> low key. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm just saying. I want to see like you guys. I want to see how you guys fare against Crystal Palace next week. I just checked the thing. I just realized you guys are playing. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one, man. <sighs> Yeah, man, not the best one to face right after West Brom. Ah, that is a yeah. If 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 any matchup had the word bananas, um, <laughs> but what was I gonna say? Yeah, like just slips hazard warning, slip warning. <laughs> that would be Crystal Palace. So now we uh, we're gonna analyze Ole's. Uh, we gonna do Arteta or Ole first. Oh, we can do Ole first. Okay, okay just cool. just to put a disclaimer out there to any. Listeners who might be Man United fans. Okay, we are not a podcast that bashes on Man U every episode. Oh, believe you me, we want to praise Manchester United, but you guys aren't doing anything to warrant that praise. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is my second time, but... <laughs> I will I will if I have to, but right now, I, you know, yeah, yeah. never so, really had the yeah, need so, to. Uh, Biki, what are your thoughts on Man U so far? From these uh, two games. Oh yeah, I just wanted to add on. I just want to say one thing oh, first. Like yeah, yeah, sure. when you guys were talking about the match earlier, right? Like about the whole penalty and VAR shit. I just remembered like this thing reminds me of how. Remember how Fergie used to always had that one moment, like that extended time, you know? Like Fergie yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, I was like just thinking like, shit, that reminded me of like Fergie always having that like bonus extra minutes and like... Fergie but time. you know what? The kicker is Fergie never conceded in Fergie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get what I mean? That's a, yeah, I don't uh, know. I feel like we've said, we've said, like I, spe- I feel like a lot of what we want to talk about earlier was said last week, but... I guess BK, uh, since BK wasn't with us last yeah, week. Yeah, I want to hear his thoughts on Ole. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear some of his thoughts as well. I don't know, like, I kind of, I think we we talked about this two weeks ago when I was on. Uh, I, uh, what's happening? Like, what's with the squad? Like, it doesn't seem... Norwe- Norwegian Norwegian fraud? Yeah, it doesn't seem right. There's like, you know, we wait, when did Ole take 
over was it the start of last season? Uh this is his It wasn't the start. He came in um in December of So half a season. Uh. 2008 No, he he's already had oh, one yeah. and a half seasons under his Yeah, then 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 yeah, that's what I remember. So if it's like one and a half season, I think like it's massive fraud. Like Okay, he's not spending <laughs> a lot of money, but like I mean with the bot backing and stuff, yeah, we know he doesn't maybe he doesn't have the best bot backing, but it's not like he has a shit squad, to be honest. If, like... I don't know if it's right to par Arsenal squad and, like, Menu squad. Because, like, we were at one point of time having the same, you know, issues. Like, poor board and, like, uh, fighting for that UEFA spot. Or that we were playing the UEL together. And then now looking at it, like... I would say Arteta is showing more results within the span of, what? Six months, eight months kind of thing. And... Well, he's the only Only. manager that has actually won a cup between the three of them. The three. Yeah, but like, to be fair, I I, I don't want to judge Arteta on that. Like, yes, he won two cups, but like, at the same time, like, I I would want to give everyone a full season just to see how. You might be like the most down-to-earth and like chill Arsenal fan ever. Like, like, I'm I'm really happy. Like, any other Arsenal fan would have taken that 10-second... Uh, segment with your <laughs> shit on Spurs. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, Arteta I mean, I, one more trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like fuck you, Spurs. <laughs> I mean, damn, I had this. Uh, what was I gonna say? Damn, it, I I lost it. Um, but yeah, I think a lot more can be said about Ole in the coming weeks once the transfer window yes. shuts. I I still feel that United are gonna pull off. Sancho? One or two shots. I don't think Sancho, right? That, that ship has sailed on the, the whole Sancho I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying necessarily Sancho. I'm st- I still believe that they are going to bring in at least one more player. Wait, who okay. have they signed now? If, if that... Okay, the, the current... Oh, yeah. uh, the, I think the that's current Jaden Sancho alternative is... Usman Dembele. David Brooks. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> what? There have been talks yeah, about yeah. Uh, getting Usman Dembele on board. No, on yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no. I, I have to say that that guy is a massive flop. I mean, if yeah, I mean, he were to take a dive from uh, the diving board, he will land on his belly instead of his hands because he's, that's what he is, a giant, massive flop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched him play a couple of times for France and... He's just like a, a pace merchant. I mean, you could say Salah is a pace merchant as well, but I just don't trust Dembele's fitness for starters. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. That 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 deal just... The most um, ardent of United fans would look at it as a coup or like a, a gamble that if it pays off, you have a world-class uh, winger in Dembele. But... I mean, yeah. Just on the evidence of what I've seen the last couple of years, and even when he was at Dortmund, where he was supposedly the next big thing, not a whole lot to shout about, man. Yeah, I mean, at the point of the transfer season, United fans will be. I mean, I mean, they rather have them barely than nothing, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, so that's that's another thing. That's that's kind of a. It's almost like the not not the you know. It's- Big up my not to big up my man Klopp, but it's almost like the anti-Klopp because he's almost of the mindset like he doesn't want to bring in players just to you know just for the sake of it that might kind of potentially upset dressing room harmony or squad packing order. So 
unless they've scouted Dembele extensively, United fans are not dumb. They're just gonna know like fuck. We we obviously wanted Sancho. We didn't get him, and now we are like settling for Dembele, who on paper ticks all the boxes. He's young. He's exciting. He's fast. He's technically a, like a a World Cup winner, <laughs> but I mean he did score that one goal. Yeah, from what I remember, in the World Cup he did right. Did he score goals? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Nah, I don't think so. It's the Mbappe oh, show, he was, man. He was just included in the squad. <laughs> yeah, he oh, was just he kind was just, of, uh, he was like Mendy. He was being, he's he was being like, spooned. He's like Mendy, dude. <laughs> he was just there, you know. He was being spooned there. the World Cup. I don't even know if he was at the World Cup, to be honest. I feel like I'm like... Maybe he was just benched like the whole time. It's, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we had Coman. I don't know. Oh, like, yeah, we had shit, Lamar. Yeah. Like, no, we, no, no, no. France has a lot. Yeah, I think it's Coman. France has a lot of random wingers who are hyped up, but they're not really that fantastic. Yeah, I think it's Coman. Yeah, I don't know. Now that you mentioned it. But a bit Lamar. I, I don't know, dude. Um, but yeah, okay. So, Ole. Wait, so. Uh, still a lot of work to do. So, so, Sash, you haven't like run down your numbers. Like, oh, you, you think Lamps is the most, the one with the most pressure. Yeah, he has. I mean, yeah, he, has he has to be to just based on the amount he spent. And then down to the next two, like Ole and Ateta. Yeah, I think Ateta's gonna be. Okay, the, the Arsenal board wouldn't replace anyone of Ateta's caliber so soon. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 like, yeah. I like the way Ateta has carried himself out so far. He has a little bit of a pep in him, in terms of classiness. Yeah. He doesn't really uh, go into. Uh, pick up big fights with any other manager. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and he, he shows that he's actually much better tactically when compared to Ole. And, well, he has beaten Lums. Yeah, he has beaten Lampard in uh, a cup competition. So, you can say, tactic-wise, he's better than both of them at the moment. But it's yeah, early so, season. So, yeah, yeah. So, I feel the same way about games. you. I, I same, say, same what you said. And I think I was mentioning to you earlier on, like, the cup, like, now, I mean, we don't really care about the League Cup, but, like, Lampard, like, dropping another cup off. Yes, he played against Spuds, but, like, mm, like, who do you think, like, honestly was the better squad? Like, like given Chelsea's squad depth now, and, like, uh, I, I actually thought, like, Spurs was going to win it, but then Son got injured, and then I was like, oh, I really don't know who's going to win it this time. And true enough, it came to a one on one all draw, and they play penalties. Yeah, I mean penalties are always a coin toss, right? And yeah. in terms of squad depth, Chelsea before Gareth Bale signing, Chelsea definitely wins in the department of uh, Gareth Bale didn't even squad depth. Yeah, yeah, as in once Gareth oh, Bale okay. returns to fitness, it's gonna yeah, yeah. be yeah, they're gonna be a force to reckon with. Imagine yeah. Son, Kane, and and Bale in that front three. I don't know about you guys, but. The Gareth Bale situation now just reminds me of Aquilani. I don't know if any of if any of you are comparing Alberto Aquilani to Gareth no, Bale. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not comparing their talents. Into, like, come on. Like, I'm not hey, that Aquilani that was original. quite talented. But I. Time. I just. I. I feel like Bale. Right. He's not gonna make his debut. I just have this feeling like he's consistently gonna be unfit till like October or November, and like. The first real glimpse we're gonna get of him is December? like end October. Okay. Like he's maybe gonna make his debut after international break. Maybe he has a good game. And then 
we're gonna get news the next day that oh he did his hamstring or he did his calf then we have to wait another month for him to come back okay Let's the just, thing about Gareth Bale is I'm co- that's a completely groundless assessment yep. but for some reason I just have that vibe like it's gonna be very stop start I hope not because I love Gareth okay, Bale okay the thing is that you are comparing Gareth Bale to I don't know someone who's injury prone like Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi <laughs> Like, Gareth Bale hey. is a pretty athletic guy. He doesn't really suck. Okay, the reason why he has, mm. like, has been succumbing to so many injuries... But he was, he was kind of injury-prone yeah, at Spurs, though. And even at Real Madrid. Uh, okay. uh, he wasn't yeah, I, really playing that many games at Real Madrid. So, le- the, the, uh, during the occasion one-off game, yeah, the chances of you getting injured is pretty high because you know, your body's not really adjusted to that gaming tempo Intensity, yet. yeah. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the, you know, pro golfer era, I'm talking about, that's, that's actually one of the main reasons why Zidane dropped him, because he just felt Bale wasn't reliable enough to be his main man. Constant playing, right? Like, taking the... Yeah, like, you, you need, you need your key players to be, like, like, like Sanchez when he was at Arsenal. least 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. When- I don't know. I don't know. It was a completely baseless assessment. We'll, I just, we'll see how it goes. Like to be honest, it's like I almost, it's almost like a lucid dream. I, I, I do want to see Bill do well, but he's in Spurs now, so like I don't want to see him. Do yeah, well. he's in Spurs. Yeah, not well, not well against any yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he he does have that uh, fear factor in him because you know he is Gary Bill and we know what he did when he was in Premier League. And if he totally. comes close to replicating any sort of Premier League form that he had. Spurs are gonna be a force to reckon with. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. Um, and speaking of forces to be reckoned with, um, what do you guys think about Pep frauding his way into another quote unquote <laughs> defensive rebuild? I mean, how many goddamn defensive rebuilds does this guy what, need? What was it four hundred million spent already? I don't know. Yeah, it's including just, uh, Ruben yeah, yeah, Diaz, it's four hundred yeah, yeah. million spent on defenders I like I like Pep don't get me wrong I like Pep I'm not just ball fraud brigade uh, he's you know he's revolutionized the game I'm not gonna dispute that but who else right which other manager could ditch I'm talking about Joe, the whole Joe Hart and Bravo situation you ditch your first choice goalkeeper and get um, Claudio Bravo for 30 mil and then like he's a total flop within 10 games and then the next season you drop another like thirty to forty mil on your goalkeeper. That's just one example. Like that, I don't know. That, to me, that's just like playing on easy yeah, mode. Yeah, you can't say that Guardiola has not been back. Who else could right? do that? I mean, Guardiola has been back to it's, the moon. It's, it's crazy, dude. I mean, he like Stones. He dropped like fifty million on John Stones. Realizes, okay, this guy doesn't cut it, and he's just like, you know what? It's fine. I'm just gonna get Nathan Ake for forty mil. Ruben Diaz for 63 mil. It's, it's craziness, dude. Okay, okay. I yeah. feel, I, like I said, I like Pep, but I feel he doesn't get checked enough. Yeah, yeah. Touching on that point, okay, I, I would like to say that I'm not part of the Fraudiola brigade as well. I actually enjoy Man City's style of play. But let me take you back to Pep's Barcelona days. He Okay, the defense right. that he inherited was a uh, Puyo, he, he was, they, they had this defensive trident of Puyo, PK, and Valdez. So you can say that yep. Guardiola didn't really, it, it wasn't really him who actually created and uh, coached that defensive trident. And then we, 
Okay, next we can fast forward it to his Bayern Munich days. He actually inherited Neuer, Epic, Heavy Martinez, and John Boateng. And yep, and yeah. he also inherited Vincent Company, Joe Hart to a certain extent. And yeah, that, that, that was basically the rock that held City together for many years in terms of uh, defensive performances. And you can see once Company actually retired, their, City's defence wasn't the same as before. And Guardiola has been given quite a lot of money to actually rebuild the defence. And he wanted to give the mantle to John... I mean, John Stones was actually supposed to be groomed to take over Vincent Company as you know the next defensive leader of Manchester City, but he hasn't been living up to expectations. So in terms of building a backline, Guardiola was actually being spooned quite a lot of uh, good defenders in his early coaching days. And now that he has been tasked to build a strong defense from scratch entirely all over again, you can see that he's actually not doing the business. I mean, spending 400 million on the back line and you're still conceding goals left, right and center, it's it's pretty fraudulent, I must say. I mean, Ben Mendy is one of the biggest enigmas in football. Like he's so dangerous going oh, forward. Yeah, my brother hates him. He has like he has like search Aurier like yes, levels yes. of 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 like concentration as a defender. And he makes the daftest decisions like against Wolves last season, he tried to he tried to shoulder block Adama to shepherd the ball up for a corner. Like I mean that's just like do you not do you not see the size of Adama's biceps? Yeah. Why? What are you doing, bro? He applies baby. He applies then, baby all to those those muscles. Yeah, it's. I mean, just the way City have treated guys like Chancelo is. I mean, maybe he's just not that good, but. Yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know. But man. you splash fifty million on him, and. I don't know what. Was Chancelo yeah, fifty was, mil? I think it was like. No, no, 30. no. He was fifty-ish. Still a lot of money, yeah. Still a yeah, lot of money to be warming what's the his bench. Best position? Um, is he a left back? Is he a right back? Is he better in a back five? We still don't know. He's a he's a triquesta <laughs> deep lying right he's back. He's the Firmino of all fullbacks. <laughs> like like I really wish actually no, I'm actually glad about the Leicester result because it gives us more things to talk about. It it, it makes Yeah. Like, it's not enough to make us believe that City are suddenly a trash side, but it points out a lot of... Problems, right? Holes that perhaps, yeah, were, were a bit yeah, more and it's, concealed. And it's pretty damning that uh, the best defender that played under Pep was Vincent Company, and he wasn't even Pep signing. He was signed by Mark Hughes, of all people. And you can say that the only defender that Pep has signed that has been up to scratch is uh, uh, Laporte. Laporte. Yeah, you can see the rest of them. They have been hit, hits and misses. Yo, yo, who was that guy that they signed from PSV Eindhoven? That that left back. Uh, uh Angelino. Yeah, the Lex Luthor uh, <laughs> personator. Where's he now? They they sold him to Leipzig. Oh. I mean, he's he's actually doing a decent job. Yeah, he's 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 not bad. I mean, yeah, like the fact that they've had. Not even this season, like last season when they had Otamendi, um, Stones, and and like 
Eric Garcia, I guess. They they opted to put Fernandinho as a centre back. That yeah, says that it all. Volumes, right? On how much Pep trusts his defenders. And I mean, if I wanna be a, a stickler and go further back into like City's war chest, you have guys like Mangala. Yo I mean like thirty like this craziness. Mangala dude, was fifty-two I mean, million, by the way. He no was way. I, I remember yeah, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, he was forty two million. He, he was quite pricey, I remember. Yeah, he was very pricey. He he did well he did Fucking well in his debut. Hell. He actually uh had Diego Castro in his pocket and after an injury, he just wasn't the same player anymore. Yeah, I, that's just... Yeah, and, yeah, and no what, what do you guys words. think about uh, City's new defender, their new shiny toy, Ruben Diaz? I feel that... I honestly couldn't yeah, tell you. I feel that there will be a lot of unwanted pressure on his shoulders as City's next uh, rock in defense. And imagine if it doesn't go well for him. He's just going to be scapegoated and City are just going to buy the next new shiny toy. And it's, it's not gonna do his I mean, confidence. If, if he messes yeah. up, if he messes up, they'll just put Aki in. Like, no, no, but I, I thought I, Laporte like, yeah, supposed to be to partner Ruben Diaz while Aki plays a bit part. I know, I know, but but if but if let's say for example Diaz doesn't adapt quick enough, it's not like City will be starved of options. You know, it's not like, yeah, they they have say what you want about like Stones or Aki, but these are defenders who would fit into any other Premier League side. I agree. And I think I, I think I mean to to conclude on like this defensive thing, I'm pretty sure this signals the end of Stones' city career. I can't imagine he's gonna sit on the bench as their fourth choice centre back. Um I think as as long as City and Pep get upwards of twenty million for for Stones, which I'm not sure any team would be willing to pay up right now, but I think even a, a a good loan deal with an option to buy and he's he's gone. Yeah, but you have to ask yourself the question: Does John Stones improve any defense in the top six? Would he be better off being partnered with Maguire as compared to Lindelof? That we're not sure about. Honestly, I mean, this is just my opinion. I kind of like John Stones. I just think he you, has yeah, the neck for the he has the neck for the the ridiculous yeah, error. Over the likes of Matip and Gomez, when yeah, let let let's say Liverpool were to sign yeah. James Stones, would he be yeah. first choice to partner Van Dijk? No, right. Um. Honestly, I'd give him a shot. Like you never know. Maybe it takes a guy like Van Dijk to. To bring the best out of stones. So, so what's gonna to happen to Joe Gomez? I think competition, man. Like honestly, if Liverpool were to somehow, it's just never gonna happen. But if we did pull off a loan for stones, I'd be pretty like, okay, cool. You know, it's another body in defense. I mean, uh, City, City would again, never loan John Stones, you guys. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's I just said that it's never gonna happen. But yeah, I think it's a good. I think there's something there. It's just. Maybe he just can't deal with the high pressure, uh, competition at City. Like who knows? O- only like Pep and maybe John Stones himself knows the answer. Why didn't why it didn't really work out? Yeah, uh, touching back on uh, Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I know I mentioned something that was a little bit of a hot take in episode one, where I said that uh, all managers have a have a shelf life of at least five years before they have to revamp their tactics and 
to uh, tweak it a little because you know teams by now we have found out a way to stop them but it seems that Guardiola hasn't actually done that in terms of his tactics because you know they seem pretty predictable in the sense where you can just play a low block against them, maybe a back five, put like three midfielders in, and then you like hit them on the counter. And I have I have actually watched, especially last year. Last year was a pretty damning evidence on that, where they actually lost, they actually uh, dropped point to teams against Newcastle, they lost to Chelsea, they lost to United Norwich. twice. Yeah, they lost to Norwich. They lost to the teams that know how to park the bus and you can see when whenever Pep's plan A isn't working he doesn't really have a plan B what yeah like after 60 minutes when his team doesn't seem to be leading or you know they can't find a breakthrough they result to crossing to the box and you know that City's front line they're not the tallest of players so who are you actually crossing to and this is where I think Pep's shortcomings are I mean, I'm not saying that he's a bad manager. I mean, for goodness sake, he actually broke the record for most number of points and he actually was the first thing he did he's, before. He has, got, he has God knows how many trophies. Yeah, exactly, yeah. but I don't know. What what do you guys think about Pep? Could this be his last season? I mean, imagine if he doesn't win a trophy this season. Mm, do you mm, think he will leave? That, those, are, those are very yeah. valid points. I think it's almost unimaginable to, to say the words Pep you know, getting sacked. I think Pep has shown before that, he, you know, he's always up for a new challenge, whether it was leaving Barcelona or leaving Bayern on, off his own accord. So I, I do believe that when the time comes, he will leave City on his own accord. But it's almost tough for a, a team and a manager to get, to psych yourselves up after being dominant for so long, you know, like they, they hit close to 100 points they they actually exceeded 100 points one season and then they got 99 the next or 98 the next so it it's almost hard to like motivate your side and or motivate your side to you know one up yourselves in the league so for him i really believe it's champions league or bust this year yeah i mean the whole pep's reason d'etre was to win the champions league for city to you know elevate them to that status it's, it was almost an unwritten yeah, rule yeah but I don't know, whenever Pep faces off in a pretty high-stakes Champions League tie, he seems to bottle it at every occasion. I couldn't really understand why he rocked up with that. Uh, he actually mirrored Leon's uh, 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3 formation. I, I don't know what formation that was, but I was kind of shocked that he left the likes of Mares, Silva and Bernardo Silva on the bench. I mean, I, I guess even for uh, uh, someone yeah. Who, yeah, who's been in the game as long as he has, he made the cardinal mistake of prepping for the next one instead of focusing on what's ahead of you right now. It's like if a fighter who's, you know, a number one contender, he starts thinking of the champion even before he wins this fight. You know, it's you can't, you can't, especially in a competition like the Champions League, you can't look past whoever's in front of you right now and I guess the most frustrating thing for, for Pep is that it's a single tie. It, because it was a single tie competition, you have no do-overs. There's no second leg to make yeah, up for it. Yeah, why, but why do you have to mirror your, the opposition's 
a formation when you know that they've been I mean, playing it throughout the entire season. And yeah. I mean, it shows that you are you're scared. You're scared of the opposition. I I I don't think it's I don't think it's being scared. I think it was a it was a situation of just baby being a bit too smart for his own good. You know, Pep's an artist. But why? He's like he tries to redefine the wheel. I, I mean, I you know I, with I, his fucking turtlenecks. I, I was shocked at. I I mean I, I'm gonna stick to the point that I felt that Pep actually set up in fear. There's no reason that, you know, there's no reason for you to leave Riyad Mahrez, David Silva, and Bernardo Silva. You know, your three most creative players on the bench and you rock up with this uh, weird 3-5-2 formation that... I don't think it was fear. I think it was underestimating your opponent and just the artist in him was like, you know what, um, I'm going to spring a surprise on Leon. Like, they're never going to see this coming. Ooh, yeah, like, this is... Um, yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a G, like a, he did a Kanye. You this know, is like, my only gripe with Pep. He overcomplicates things too much. Why change formation when you can just play that three four three formation that has been so successful? There you go. For yep. the entire there season, and you know, for this one off Champions League tie, you decide to be too smart and change formation and just yeah. You can see that uh, when Riyad Mahrez came on, they actually were much better side, but it was a bit too late by then. So, um, yeah, I, I, I yeah. don't know. What, what do you guys think? I mean, I agree with most of your points. And I think time, like, we'll have more to dissect if another result such as the one that we saw against Leicester comes out or even one that, uh, like, a similar situation to the Lyon match comes out. Um, I guess that leads in nicely to fraud watch for this <laughs> week. And for anyone who doesn't know what Fraud Watch is, if you're just joining us uh, on this episode, Fraud Watch is basically a segment where we, we, we nominate someone or in some cases we nominate a couple of people, managers or players who we feel have been rather fraudulent in their endeavours, i.e. Thiago Silva was pretty fraudulent <laughs> last week. But... <laughs> I'm just giving the viewers sure, an example sure. um, So I don't really have Someone to nominate this week For for context I nominated Luke Shaw last weekend um, But I know Yushan has someone He likes to nominate this week BK might have one And we'll get to him later But why don't you tell us Who is up For entry into the Gulag this week okay, uh, Just just <laughs> to uh, Oh wait Do uh, you want me to go first? No no I just want to say like this is gonna bounce back on us, right? Uh, just for starters, I'm gonna remove uh, James Rodriguez from the Gulags of the uh, Hell yeah, my <laughs> boy, my boy free. is finally out. But uh, <laughs> and watch him get sent <laughs> off this weekend. But you know, in uh, FKB, we like to do a one for one exchange. So uh, after taking James Rodriguez out, I have to nominate Yeri Mina into the fraud watch. He has been so suspect for the past few games. I completely agree with this yeah, call. We were, this is a we were great chatting call. offline before uh, record- this recording. And I actually, yeah, I was actually reminded that uh, he, Yeri Mena, was, okay, be, uh, at the start of Project Restart, he was benched in favor of uh, this young child called Mason Holgate. And I feel that the whole reason why he's still starting in Ever- Ever- the Everton team. Is because he's 
just this really tall dude who can win haters occasionally. Oh, and uh, if you guys didn't know, the whole reason why Kuyate scored from that corner was because Mina wasn't doing his job. So, <laughs> yeah. if he's not yeah. out there with haters, the why are you why in the team? And he has been really suspect with his defending. Wait, uh, how long has he been in in, in, in the Everton shirt? Let, let me. I think he. I think he joined. He joined in 2018. I think it was after the World Cup. Yeah. Literally because he scored two goals against England or something like it's the most sus signing. I mean, Barcelona were practically licking their lips when Everton put in that. Uh, I think it was like 25 mil. Yeah, I think it was in the realms of uh, 25 to 30 million. Yeri, let me let me go on the the good old. Yeah, influence. yeah. So uh, just uh, to continue on why I've nominated Yeri Mina, I have been watching Everton quite a lot last season because, uh, before Marco Silva actually revealed himself as a fraud, I actually liked how Everton played, and I have been watching Yeri Mina very closely, and he has been at fault for. Pretty much quite a lot of goals, but... Guys, it was 30 million, by the way. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, coming back to the point, um, I feel that Michael Keane has been unfairly scapegoated for most of the goals considered, but you can actually see that it was because Keane was trying his best to cover Yeri Mina as Yeri Mina was always out of position in the build-up towards the goal. And... I don't know... He's just really suspect in defense. I don't think that he's a top player. And if Everton really want to make that one step further, they have to sign someone that's capable of partnering Michael Keane in the defense. And Mina's not really that quick. He's pretty clunky. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's very awkward. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a very, he's awkward, a very defender. awkward defender. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he has a. He, I feel like a he's a cut challenge of defender. Defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's a what? Peter Crouch of the Defenders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch, him but, but, watch him concede a penalty this game week. Just yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that decision. And this they, is something that... Who are they up against? Brighton. Uh, Everton. Crystal uh, Palace, I think. Uh, no, uh, they just played Crystal Palace. Uh, Brighton, Brighton, yeah. Brighton. Oh, damn. Trostad's gonna have... I feel, I feel like I've watched a lot of Brighton games this season. It's like every time I want to watch a match, they happen to be on. Do you know why? Because you chose... <laughs> because uh, in episode <laughs> one, you... Uh, you weren't being their biggest fan. I mean, to be fair, they only have three points, so... <laughs> Okay, but you can play as you can play as well as you like, but yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> but what have you? I I mean, they've been really unlucky so far. No, no, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. I mean, you must have been impressed. You must have been impressed. Yeah, yeah, no, I I was, I was, and I just felt like Brighton were a side that didn't know what their goals were, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're far from the like. I even mentioned this. They're, they're far from the one of th- one of the three worst teams in the league. But you never know, man. It's this kind of it's exactly the kind of shit that happened against United where you don't take your chances that's gonna end up biting you. But yeah, more more about Yeri Mina, less about less about my my hot takes. <laughs> yep, so Yeri Mina's up on Fraud Watch. Yeah, that's a good call. Um I I, I really don't read him either and um I think Everton should just go all out to get oh, one of the John Chelsea. I'd like, yeah, I was gonna Stones, say that yeah, just, just get Justin's back. Get Johnson's back. 
the return of the prodigal son. Yeah, just like how Bale comes back, Johnston. I mean, that, that wouldn't be a terrible signing, um, especially if Ancelotti can... But I, I don't know. I feel like if... They must have known that was an option. And I think somewhere somewhere along the line, they, they, they looked at it and they were like, nah, we're good. He's kind of regressed as a player. So in their minds, not, not, it's not, those aren't my words, but stranger things have happened. Like, I mean, Ross Barkley pr- practically showed up at Villa Park without any warning. True mm. that. Yeah. Yeah, BK, do you, do you have anyone on Fraud Watch? I don't know, off the top of my head. Actually, I'm going to say, like, I won't put Sterling on Fraud Watch. Sterling? But it's. But oh. I, I don't think like he, he doesn't have the backing though like dude you know, it's fine this is this is full kit banter okay we can say anything we want without repercussions yeah <laughs> I mean he might just score a hat-trick next week yeah, so I wouldn't I mean, be surprised <laughs> yeah C- C- City I think Burnley no it's Leeds right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's the problem any, any, any other team and at the Etihad, like, no, it's, that team, that team would, would be getting a a, a royal spanking. Yes. At, I mean, like, you, for, you know that Bielsa is not gonna sit back. Exactly, he's gonna go all out tech, like he did against Liverpool. Yeah, that's that what is I was must, That is gonna be must watch TV. And and like, if like City's defense is still rocky, like surely, like if he played the same way how Brendan Rodgers played it, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a basketball <laughs> score, like twelve twelve. With 10 That's our each. prediction. <laughs> <laughs> first, first, first nil nil of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. I'm just gonna put Sterling up because he's been quite quiet for the past few matches as well. Like nothing out. I think I think ever since he skyped that that open goal against Lyon, he's not been the same. <laughs> PTSD. Like part of his soul. Part Yo, of his soul. But I, his but I have to say, Mares' goal, man, that was amazing. Like he yeah, that was for the, the, Yeah. He took his time for the volley, man. That's like I think I, I texted you guys when Mario scored. We were just like, "Yep, it's happening," <laughs> like the the thrashing we predicted. But yeah. fortunately, yeah. not quite how it turned and, out. And it was with his weaker foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, that was just per- perfect technique. Yeah, yeah. that was perfect technique. Hey. I like to see more Mares actually. Yeah, but with with Pep and City. Which which is what makes them so frustrating on FPL. Is you just never know who's gonna start. Okay, but. Uh, City, they do have like 223 players out injured, so they're gonna have to play Mahrez. Yeah, yeah, that's you're probably right. And like I said, no sympathy because you guys have so much goddamn cash <laughs> to like have your to stack the deck. Uh, I'm just glad there's we don't have the the five substitutes rule. Oh. That's a whole that's a whole other thing for another day. Um, so yeah, fraud watch. I think we've come. We have, we have a consensus in that Yeri Mina is our main entry into yep. fraud watch, the and Sterling is just Sterling. Sterling's just a little bit of banter, you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a not really, but you to, know what? To be yeah. honest, I, I actually wanted to throw Vardy in, but I think he's on a what? high roll now, bro. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. How, how are you gonna throw in a guy who just got a hat trick? Yeah, no, <laughs> that that's, is, no, that's, that's the point. Like once you it's either you either make it all the way or like. I don't know, but it's Vardy. Vardy has been constantly good for the past few seasons, so... Vardy has won a Premier League medal with Leicester City. <laughs> He's by no means a fraud. With that's, bang out, that's bang out of order, BK. That's bang out of that's, order. I mean, I know that we are a podcast full of hot takes, but this is 
way too hot for me to handle. Hey man, if like if I if if, if I call it, we'll be on next week, and then we will see how that goes. Ja- Jamie Vardy is just a penalty merchant. <laughs> Alright boys, any parting comments? It's uh, we're almost 90 minutes in. I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground today. Didn't even cover everything we wanted, but yeah, a lot of good stuff to, to digest. Any parting comments? Mm, Werner to uh, score his first Premier League goal this weekend. That's right, viewers. Uh, not viewers, that's right, listeners. You heard that. Werner to score his first goal. Yeah, I'm putting my, I'm putting my entire nutsack on the line. <laughs> <laughs> 